0: Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest
1: gospel worldview. Let's get it.
0: What's up, Chad? It's <laughs> a good clap, man. Uh, For those who don't know, we clap to, um, to... get started. To get started, then we can look at the audio file and see where
1: we started. Yeah, so. and we were a little off. We are a little out of sync. I feel like that's been the theme of our day so far. Mm, we can not get on the same page. Josh and I are a little out of sync. He, he went a little past his bedtime last night, <laughs> hanging out with college students. He's dragging in like a college student with his eyes half open and... Bad attitude. <laughs> and you're like unusually <laughs> chipper for once. Hey. It's always inside of me. You know, just today I'm letting it I'm letting it fly, you know? Okay. Well, one of us needs to be. I know. It's usually usually one of us is extremely tired and the other one's chipper. We can never seem to both I feel fine, but both with be. your good mood it you know, dwarfs <laughs> You my... make me sound like I'm <laughs> never in a good mood. <laughs> well, I mean you're even keel, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had a good had a good meeting this morning, you know. Um, yeah, I've, I've just had a, a good morning so far. I woke up tired, allergies, but the Lord was gracious and shook me out of it. So oh, feeling good.
0: I feel for you on the allergies. Mm-hmm.
1: It's that time of year for me. It's just it just is what it is. I take allergy pills. It's not terrible. I'm not like sneezing all the time, but I just always wake oh, up. Well, one by one, each of my kids and even Brett has like
0: over the past week has had a headache. Mm-hmm. A fever, and then they're over it. Mm-hmm. I think that may be the allergies. Could be.
1: It's. I mean, that's my every year. I'm so used to it. It's been that way since I was a little kid. Like I would get extremely clogged up or stopped up, or doesn't matter where I live or what this time of year. It, I just see what it's like. And here it
0: comes. I did walk outside this week, and it was a beautiful morning. But mm-hmm. I walked out, and it was like it smells like spring. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some smell in the air. I always associate oh, yeah. it with caterpillars, but yeah, I don't it's, think it's caterpillar smells. It's just yeah. it's the
1: time you see caterpillars. It's just everything's starting to grow. Everything's getting pollinated. Everything's just, there's just stuff all up in the air. Mm-hmm. Which I love it. I love the smell of spring. I love the sounds of spring. And it always means allergies <laughs> for <Yeah>. me. <laughs> just is what it Unfortunate. is. Unfortunate. But I'll take it. It's not. It's not the end of the world, like, I figured out how to cope with it. No big deal. But uh it just okay. is what it is. Well nobody cares about yeah. your allergies, so <laughs> tell us about uh why you were up so late last night. We just had a bunch
0: of it was our last hangout of the semester. So we had a uh it was game night, barbecue and tie dye. Nice. So we tie dyed a bunch of shirts. It's fun. Hung out with college students, we had about thirty people over and uh it was really cool. This um this one girl brought over a couple foreign exchange students who are, I believe, Muslim. Yeah. And that was really cool. Like, just to, right. the idea of, like, we're called to go to the nations, mm-hmm. and yet God in his in His grace brings the nations to us. Yeah. Never, then,
1: never in history has it been probably more access to the unreached nations because of, you know, travel and, you know, foreign exchange or or colleges where they'll come for you know come to study abroad and yeah you get an opportunity to to share your faith or share the gospel here in America with someone who's from one of the areas that the gospel hasn't really touched yet. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I'm sure I know there are ministries out there that that uh serve mm-hmm. the foreign exchange student, but I think there's even more need for it yeah and really just the way we do campus outreach is it's relational we do Mm -hmm. a lot of hangouts like a lot of life on lifetime with people and and then we get to a place where we can share the gospel Mm -hmm. and i mean that's all that's that's needed like we're hanging out with these fraternities and and we just like get together with them start hanging like took us a year to Mm -hmm. just do you know playing basketball play darts those sort of things and then Next thing you know, we got a Bible study started. Yeah. And it's four people, then it's eight people, then it's two people, and then it's, mm-hmm. you know, eight again. And so you slowly like work to that. And the same thing can happen in the foreign exchange student community. Yeah. So
1: we'll praise God. We'll, we'll keep praying for that. Um, for those that don't know, Josh is director of campus outreach on Southeastern's campus. And we just launched that last year, even during a pandemic. The Lord is definitely working and bringing fruit and, big time. And you've got five students going to summer project now, you just told me this morning, which is yeah. a huge praise. Yeah, which that's a nine week um that's a nine week project
0: in mm-hmm. Orlando. Students come, they get jobs at SeaWorld and they're just um trained up. Like we do mm-hmm. um word time, like how to study your Bible. We do um uh just leadership and equip them to be leaders on mm. campus and then we do uh, a lot of evangelism training how to get in spiritual conversations mm-hmm. a little bit of apologetics then we go out you know and to Disney it. World to yeah. the to the city like and and share our faith with people we do a lot with the local church there so uh the the whole vision is to equip these students to become leaders on the campus yeah. you know and next next fall them being the ones reaching mm. their student body. Um, so, yeah, we're stoked. After one year, we have five students going, and it's just the yeah. beginning.
1: It's God's grace. And I'm excited. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people in our church who support are excited. And so just be praying for Josh this summer and all those students because, man, getting trained in how to share your faith and disciple others, the fruit of that. How will they'll come back ready to do that on their own campus with their friends. Yeah. How that God will use that to spread. And we were talking this morning how awesome it would be if one of those foreign exchange students that are primarily Muslim were to come to the Lord and go to the summer project and learn all that. And and if God would inspire them to go to one of these unreached countries that are primarily Muslim, you know, right. to work their job and be a missionary there. How awesome that would would be. You know. Yeah. So just praying for. For God's, it's, it's fun to watch God's providence and just his big story playing out in our little lives, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and be a part of that is very humbling, and, and nothing makes me more excited. I think just stuff like that, you know, having some of those stories happen this morning is what's got me kind of chipper and fired up. Yeah. It's just easy. I don't know. When you step back and look at that, it's just like, man, why am I a part of any of this? But, man, it's really cool that God's doing it. Yeah. That's good.
0: Um yeah, today we're going to talk through some qualities of leadership and one of them is vision and what I've learned mm-hmm. is like God's word is what influences our vision yeah. and when we I think a lot of times we we um handicap our own vision because mm-hmm. we just don't see how it could be possible. Yeah. When we see God not only inform us of of what is his mission mm. on this planet yeah. and then equip us to do that. Right. Like that that is what informs our
1: vision and just really gets us um, gets us going in yeah. that direction. So it's cool. I've heard it said, and uh, this is not a biblical person. This is Paul Stanley from KISS. <laughs> but his statement <laughs> okay. is a very true statement in what you just said because he, he would always say, I've heard him on a podcast before, say, the people that tell you you can't do something are people who've never done it. But, like, people do great things all the time, and they have to have a belief that they can do it. Now, that's just from a secular point yeah how much more us as christians should we have that type of faith to say god could do anything he wants to do and if his plan is to reach the whole world why would we say well that task is too big or that's impossible or if god's calling you to do something like put something on your heart to do uh that seems impossible it's just really because of your faith not having trust in a big god because he can do anything he wants but it's having faith that it can happen, you know? Well, the tough
0: thing in the world is like, yeah, you can do anything you want, but should you, really? Like, should you really chase that dream? Should you really sacrifice family time for that job or X, Y, Z? But when you're told to do something in the Word and also given the Holy Spirit to achieve that, then it's like a no-brainer. So then, of course, God can accomplish it, wants to accomplish it. You should be a part of it. You know, all those questions are
1: answered. Mm -hmm. Go then do it. But there is a lot of that pride and insecurity and social pride and insecurity of of like, "Whoa, well, you think you're better? Like, why do you think you can go do that thing?" or mm-hmm. you know, "Oh, well, that's risky, you know. A lot of people fail when they do that." It's like, "Yeah, of course." But Yeah. And it's not just go do hard things for the sake of it, but if if God's put a passion on your heart for something, you know, because there's so many things in the world. We were talking this morning, I was talking with a guy that I was meeting with who's becoming one of our builders who is big up in the sex trafficking world in law enforcement and you know we've had a prayer here to make an impact in that and for god to bring this guy that i just met at the gym who happens to be the guy who's trained the all the um a bunch of different armed forces on how to snuff out sex trafficking he's wrote the manuals on it literally and he's like i can i could give you a meeting with homeland security here in new Orleans. i'm like that's crazy. I've just been praying about, God, how could we make an impact on something that's a huge problem here in New Orleans with sex trafficking mm-hmm. and the hope of the gospel to help change and reshape the heart of those who've been a victim to it. Mm-hmm. And then I meet this guy in the hot tub at Pelican Athletic Club, <laughs> having no idea that – I just knew that he was an ex-cop – no idea that he had any connection to that. We didn't even talk about it until today. Right. But it's like that kind of stuff like, gosh, like. God can do whatever he wants because I, I have no ability to break into that world, but he could send a guy who has all the ability of the world to walk me right in the door. Yeah. If he wants it to happen. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's good. <laughs> so I just think like, man, when God gives you a God-sized dream, it takes God to accomplish it, which gives God all the glory, which is the point. Right. And when we say, well... I can't I can't do that. Yeah, I'm not really ready for that. That's not, really proud. It's like
0: well, I mean, what did we talk about last week? Like, where are you not serving or not leading mm-hmm. because you feel you're incapable? Right. Like allow the Bible to influence right your dreams to have God sized yeah.
1: dreams. And that's you making that decision about you because you don't feel like you can do it and that's about your glory. Mm-hmm. When we say, Gosh, I just do whatever you want, God. If you want me to be a guy who mows lines and shares my faith praise god i'll glorify you in that if you want me to be a person that starts something brand new and is i'll do that who cares whatever you want me to do is the attitude it should be because he's gonna have to do it yeah but he has all the capability to bring anything about that he wants to bring about but it's going to take faith
0: when we see like the prayers of david in the psalms like especially psalm 25 where He's like oh lord do not put me mm-hmm. to shame so like we yeah. can relate to that like you're stepping on faith but god don't let me fall on my
1: face like i wish i had my secret church uh book that we had for secret church or whatever because uh-huh. that that faith uh fear faith uh thing that david platt laid out gosh i can't remember exactly what it was but it's right along those lines of yeah of like fear comes from Basically, not trusting in the promises of God, right? Not trusting in who God is. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about today too
0: with the the uh, quality of courage, mm-hmm. and courage is not always, you know, just being fearless. Yeah. But it's just moving forward, and right? Having that prayer of like, Lord, don't let this like end poorly yeah. for me, for Your name's sake, right? Because I'm going out, stepping out in faith, in Your name's sake, so please don't let it fail Yeah, because I don't want you to look bad. And he's not going to look bad. No. But we can still have these thoughts oh, and yeah. these prayers because David did.
1: And he'll, like, yeah, for sure. And one of the principles there is I love that we're going to breach courage and we'll talk more in detail, but essentially people don't end up doing things that God puts on their heart because of fear because it takes faith and clinging to God only to walk that path. You know, I can think of multiple times I've been in my office here at NIM project or in the early days when I barely had any, an office, just praying in my office, like, because you know, we're helping a few people, just being like, God, I just, I, I don't want, I don't want this to stop. Like, Please, you know, mm-hmm. you have to do this. I, I don't know what to do. I want to be faithful, but I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know how we're going to break into this community the way we need to. I don't know how to do any of that. Mm-hmm but i know you can like please let us do that like just do it you know cuz at that point i'm i'm in you know i've already it's already been announced and we've already went right. down the road so um i'm i'm not backing out i'm i'm riding the ship whether it sails or sinks <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm in it <laughs> you know but it that kind of that kind of faith step requires desperate prayer which we see in scripture moves the heart of God and God gets the glory for when those things happen because there's nothing I can point to and say, I did any of this. Right. I mean, quite honestly, as we sit here in our podcast studio and at Nehemiah Project, I can't say I did any of it. I can tell you a bunch of stories when people came randomly and gave us a bunch of money or, or whatever. I can tell you stories of where we were faithful with what God brought to us, but I didn't, didn't make any of it happen. Well, you took
0: the faithful steps each day, but even those faithful steps were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, you know.
1: So, just like this morning's meeting is like, <laughs> just start with a random conversation, seemingly in a hot tub. Yeah, you
0: and, can't go write a book and say "Steps to Success." <laughs> right? Always go to the hot tub because <laughs> that's, right. that's the that's missing. <laughs> Which the I feel point. like at
1: the field church and here. Sam and I, could that could be our car. Well, a lot of things happened. Well, yeah,
0: tub. I wouldn't know God the way I knew, know God now if it wasn't for our time in the hot tub in those <laughs> right. early years. I mean, right. we spent hours and in there. And that sounds
1: kind of sketchy, I know, but it, it is what happened. But
0: we can't point to that as
1: prescriptive. Like, right. oh, you
0: just need to find a, a Pelican Athletic Club with a hot tub, <laughs> right. and you will have the same success right. as us. Exactly.
1: You just got to <laughs> install a hot tub in your church, and that's how, like you know. But that's, it seems like that's how, like, sinful people, Man does it. It's like, oh, here's a pra- pragmatic view of like, well, this is what they did and it was yeah. successful. So let me emulate that. And it's like you missed the whole point. That would just happen to be the place that we went to regularly and was available for God. And God just tends to bring things in that environment. Every I don't know. Yeah,
0: faithfulness, consistency.
1: Because that's the place depending that on God. Both Sam and I go after we work out to relax or to pray or to. And and God just as we're doing that just. I mean, it's a captive audience when you're the only one in the hot tub and someone else gets in to sit there. It's like we can either stare at the wall or talk to each other. Right. <laughs> so so it works out. Mhm. You know. Anyway, so moral story is get a hot tub. <laughs> not, yeah, not get a hot <laughs> if tub. If I was if I was a, if I was one of those word of faith guys, I'd be like, "What's your hot tub?" Yeah. Write <laughs> a book. Find your hot tub. Where's your hot tub? <laughs> <laughs> Go sit in it right now. Find your hot tub. Feel like well, it, why it, would you have that accent? I mean, it just seems like that. Find your hot tub. I feel like Joel. What's Joel Osteen's uh, accent?
0: I can do what it says I can do. Right. I can believe what it says I can believe. This is my Bible. This is. I'm gonna put it over here. I'm not even
1: gonna open it again. <laughs> That's right. We're not even gonna look at it. It's suggestive. <laughs> it's like a hollow Bible because right. he's like tired of holding it up. It's so heavy. He's like Kramer in Seinfeld when he went when he went to the like randomly started working for the Yankees and they just let him start working there because they didn't know who he was. And in his briefcase was just crackers. <laughs> He opens it up and he's like, it's his snacks. That's a, he's got a hollow Bible that he opens it up just as snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Probably devil juice. Yeah. Well, we digress. <laughs> anyway, how to find three steps to find your hot tub. <laughs> I got to figure it figured out. I mean, we got a circuit ready and waiting. Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that is truly how that works. Oh, yeah. You know, like face your giants. You know, how to five tips from David to kill your giants in your life. Yeah. So watch out for that people. Please. It's not about you. Yeah. It's yeah. about God. If it's ever a book written about you and God's like the the person that's helping you be the hero of your story, run. That yeah. is not biblical. Forgive yourself, no. Oh, no, you can't do that. No. Only God's got the ability to forgive sometimes. Love yourself. No. No. Don't love yourself. No, you're a creep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what you got for us, Josh? You got any take or leave us? Today? I got one topic. One topic, all right. So if I leave it, then we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot riding on this one question. Taskmasters. <laughs> There's so much in me right now to say leave it because that would make me laugh, but it would make for a kind of boring podcast, so I'll take it. Yeah. Well, mostly because we, like, just spent, I don't know, 15 minutes on. Listen, I felt that was good
0: stuff. Oh, yeah. Spearfield high quality (laughs) a little bit of false teacher calling out yeah dude everything who else can we call it i just go down the list (laughs) (laughs) um okay what did i say taskmasters so you took it i took it good um all right let's talk to the idea of um working for or working within difficult work environments Okay. bosses who aren't Christians, um, working for uh, you know less pay than than you think you deserve. Yeah, uh, working um, long hours away from your mm-hmm. family. Like, how does one think through their workplace or future workplace? Maybe they're you know in a time of decision yeah. about like, hey, should I work here? Should I work there? This place offers more money. How does one think through this biblically rather than just like, well, I like doing this more. Like, does it matter what we like doing? Does it Mm. matter what we're, obviously it matters what we're called to.
1: Like, how do you think through this topic um, for people? Yeah. It's a good question because a lot of people find themselves in this situation. Um, Today's version of bond servant or slave really is. Employee. Employee. (laughs) Employee You are a slave. Well, in the terms of like, yeah, you don't have to work there, but you need money to work. We don't live in a world where it's easy to just, you know, farm and like just produce your own life. Right. Like you need to have a business. We're an individualistic society. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, specialized. Right.
0: Everyone knows how to do their mm. one little job well, and that's what an what right. organization does. It, it mm. stove pipes everybody in their own little right. segment and you know your job right and
1: there are principles in scripture about uh slave and and masters and <clears throat> i i don't have time to do a whole you know sermon on it right now but just to say there's nothing in scripture that that says anything good about like abuse of power or like slavery in terms of the way that we remember it from our american history of of treating people like less than people, right? Right. A lot of Old Testament stuff, when it talks about your slave, it's a lot of like an employer-employee relationship. Yeah, you have them, but like there's a principles for if they want to stay with you to basically make them a part of your family. And Like there's a lot of things where it's like it's not meant to be an abusive environment, but it's just some people had a lot of wealth, and then some people needed a place to survive and live, so they ended up being slaves of those masters. Right. But the masters were always supposed to be people who treated them well and right they still were guided by the Ten Commandments exactly and so the principles that we're gonna I'm gonna go to here in Ephesians is kind of set all that to just set that scene and you can look into that there's a lot of you know um, MacArthur Piper those guys have done some uh, great sermons on this subject so I encourage you to go out there and listen to that um, so just to help you because I'm not gonna have time to break all that down but I'll go to Ephesians 6. There's a few principles here that I'll just say should guide your thinking when it comes in terms of work environment and how you're supposed to work. Because the reality is, it would be great if we could all work for Christian bosses who love you like Christ and you have that environment. The reality is, that's not the case in most environments. Well,
0: even in that situation,
1: your Christian bosses
0: may err and sin. For sure, for sure.
1: But I'm just saying like, when you said like a bad, like a hard work environment, yeah. you know, most of the people in the world are not Christians and they're sinful. We're all sinful, but they don't even have the Holy Spirit, God, and anything. So right. you're going to run upon some of this stuff is what I'm trying to get at. The principle from scripture that I'll start with and we'll see here in Ephesians 6 is where Paul talks about whether we eat or drink or whatever we do in First Corinthians 10, uh, 31 I think it is, do it to the glory of God. So everything that you do in life should first be uh, through the filter of how can I glorify God in my thinking, my thoughts, my heart, and my conduct, right? No matter what we're doing. So that, that should be your first thought in all realms of life, you as a person, as a friend, as a husband or wife, as a parent, and as an employee. If I'm doing something, I have an opportunity to glorify God through my belief about God and then and then my conduct with the people around me, right? And that's basically what Paul breaks down here in, in chapter 6 of Ephesians, starting in verse 5. It says, Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service at, or as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord, and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there's no partiality with him. And so he he makes that equality there, whether you're a boss or an employee. Um, we're all going to be held accountable before God because God's the authority, right? But not everybody recognizes God as the authority. But for you as a Christian, this makes it very clear that everything should be from a genuine heart, right? A sincere heart, as you would to Christ. Your work and your conduct with your boss, who's your who could be your enemy, quote unquote, someone who's not a believer who who may be sinning against you. The Bible has a lot of principles about that, right? To love your enemy, Romans 12. Right? You don't you don't return evil with evil. You return it with good. Here it talks about. We do it as unto the Lord, knowing that God's the ultimate authority. Romans thirteen talks about that the authorities that are in place are there because God's allowing it, because God's sovereign. So we, you know, what Caesar's Caesar's, you know, Jesus says, what what's God's is God's. That idea, and so it's never okay to return evil with evil. Romans twelve. It's never okay to just return to that boss what he's given to you, that that God will be shown through how you respond to sin with grace and love as you've been given grace and love and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And he will use that, hopefully, to save your boss or your coworkers or whoever you work with, right? Now, the other thing that I'll say, you also don't have to work certain places. Well, and that's the (laughs) thing I
0: think most people face is, okay, like, how often should I leave my job? Right. But Now, some people can't yeah. leave their job. They've been there 20 years. Sure. But early on, you go to a job, you don't like it, people aren't Christian, or maybe they're Christian, but they're not treating mm-hmm. you right. You're like, oh, I should just
1: go over yeah. here. Like, how do you know when you should leave, When you, when you should stay? Once again, that principle of glorifying God should drive it all. It should start with a lot of prayer, right? And being okay with what God's putting on your heart to do. He may be saying to you as you spend time in His Word, reading, studying, and praying. I have this for you to to face this trial in a way that glorifies me through how you continue to love and serve even when you're being mistreated, mm-hmm. right? There's also times when God may be using that to get you out of your comfort zone because He's trying to send you to do something else. Right. Right? The reality is there's not a black and white, when this happens, then you know this. The principle is, Glorify God, right. which means you need to spend time with God in His Word and understand His Word rightly and in prayer. And then a, a third level that's secondary to those two principles could be wise counsel from friends who love you who are Christians to help you think it through and pray with you in it. Yeah. But ultimately, your choice should be made upon what you feel like God is saying to do, not mm-hmm. on what you feel or what you want or what you like, mm-hmm. right? Because um, like I said, sometimes God may say, I, I want you to stay here because I'm going to use you. Right. And I would think he's saying that unless
0: he is clearly telling you to like, to do this specific thing. Right. Because like, it's so easy for us to just look for other jobs and feel mm-hmm. like God's calling us away because right. we're uncomfortable there. But right. if you don't know where you're going to go, if you don't have a yeah. a, a specific calling to mm-hmm. go here, 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 you're just like well this place offers more money this place has more benefits yeah well like i don't know it's so hard cuz there's yeah. obviously not you have to know the specific situation but
1: something i i'm also i also want to say cuz in this we're assuming that you have a pure heart and y- you're feeling of suffering right mm-hmm. but what i would also say is sometimes we're suffering because it's us not our boss
0: mhm
1: right so i'd also say within that time of spending time with God and praying and part of spending time in God's word and praying is self-assessment and and repentance of sin. Right. You might be having a hard time with your boss because you're not doing a very good job. Mhm. Or because you're not you're not actually doing something right. Or like, there's other factors that you should be asking questions of. Is this God doing something? Is this this person being unreasonable? Or is there actually truth to it? Now right. that that conduct of the boss, he may do it in a way, or she may be um, mean about it, or maybe blunt about it, or maybe harsh in their right. calling out of your bad job. But when you get criticism, you should ask: Is there truth to this? Like, right, cause cause maybe I'm actually not doing a good job. Yeah, you know, and that's also not once you assume
0: God. you have no sin in it. I mean, right. it's Pride. So you should
1: always start with what are the areas that I can confess and and get better at right you know just because that boss's conduct is sinful because they're maybe not a believer doesn't mean that the facts of what they're saying are wrong right and you may find man if i really start humbly working on the areas that they're saying i'm failing at that relationship with that boss might change quite a bit Mm -hmm. and that may also be used by god in how you conduct yourself through that for that boss to say man this person i've come hard down hard on but they've worked hard and they've listened and that might be something that softens the heart of the boss to even be a gospel light to them. Yeah, and so the moral of the story is: it all comes back to it's first and foremost about worship. And it's about <laughs> I was, God. I was like, you're going to say worship because <laughs> you should have said it's all about the glory of God, but you had to go to the worship because that's <laughs> that's your, what it is. That's, though that's your it's, book that you're it's writing. Having no other gods before me. Right. Right. So the the overarching factor that should always be driving our questions and our thought processes is okay what's God doing here what does he want me to do how can I glorify him because that's and all those questions are worship questions it's about God worship is not this arbitrary emotional thing that we put in this little tiny box like well I'm worshiping when I'm sitting here with my legs crossed and my hands in the air and I'm singing like that's like a lot of people put it like that. That's worship, or Sunday morning singing songs is worship. No, no, no. Your whole life is worship. It's about how you think, how you conduct yourself, who it's about, ultimately, is worship. And so when I say that, it means all that, right? Right. So I don't know if that helped answer your question, but...
0: Mm,
1: We'll see. Let's see what everybody else thinks. Thinking about changing jobs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, just right. kidding <laughs> my boss isn't a christian <laughs> uh, i'd be like ah, i'm pretty sure that's not true <laughs> oh i kid i kid all I, right that's when your friend would say i think it's you bro <laughs> <laughs> yep
0: <sighs>
1: I'm gonna take some inventory yeah yeah yeah. no that was just uh something that it but was I, an article i saw on i felt like i had to bring that up though because i feel like so many people in their minds are always the victim uh-huh. And no one wants to be honest with themselves and be like, you know what? Maybe I actually am not doing a good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, your boss may be sinful and how they approach it, and they're not believers, but you suck at your job, and they're actually right. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that's fair.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I digress. No, you didn't digress. You continued in the topic. Whatever. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> When
1: in Rome? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who know that that movie reference know that for those who don't, I'm sorry. If you know, you know yeah. All right. Um,
0: let's move into our topic. Uh, we're talking about essential qualities of leadership. Mm. We got eight of them, so we're gonna have to move rather quickly through.
1: We're gonna hit the wave tops. And uh, hopefully you'll get something out of it. But like you said, these all kind of continue throughout the rest of the weeks too, so.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's good to to hit the most, what Oswald Sanders would would deem the most essential qualities of Mm -hmm. leadership. And just to see where we're lacking, I would say as we read through the eight, just pick one where Mm -hmm. you're lacking and figure out how you can get better at this one (laughs) through the Holy Spirit's help. And like... What I've noticed a pattern in my life is like you kind of you take two steps forward, three steps back. Two steps forward, three steps back. Mm-hmm. and Or well, me. That's what I do. And so what I'm what my the theme of my year has been, how can I improve in areas and never regress? And like mm-hmm. improve forever in those areas yeah. and like take that step forward and stay at that yeah. level and then continue, which means smaller, smaller steps.
1: Uh, I feel like when you say wave tops so what it brings to mind in this terms is this is how i've been fighting this my whole life too is i'm a person of waves like i'll get yeah really obsessed and really work hard on something and then it'll it'll kind of regress back right and then i'll come at it again but i gotta go through like five cycles of that for something to finally stick, stick. yeah you know i'll be like man i'm working out hard i'm eating great for like a month, and then I don't care anymore. And then I care a little bit longer, and then I don't care anymore. <laughs> and then I care a little well, bit longer.
0: Well, the principle, I think, <laughs> is that we will overestimate, and this is a quote I heard in the self-help world, but there's a proverb to back it up. We will overestimate what we can do in a year. We'll bite off more than we can chew. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do all these goals this yeah, year. I'm definitely that person. But we severely underestimate what we can do in a decade. Yeah. Like, you good. can change the world in a decade. Yeah. But if you got this small vision of like, I'm going to master these things every,
1: and then you fail every year. And I feel like God's taught me that principle. My natural is to be the person that overestimates for sure. And I still do that. But through having great leaders in my life and the Lord's humbling me over time, I feel like now I think more in terms of big picture what can we do in 10 years 10 year 20 year goals and and then you break
0: it down like okay what steps do i need to take to get Mm -hmm. to that 10 year goal yeah and where am i lacking and Mm -hmm. where can i start working on that and just realizing like god can change things in an instant Mm -hmm. i think he typically grows things slowly just like the parable of the mustard seed growing into a garden plant or the yeast working through flour he's been um
1: He's been fostering that growth for 2,000 yeah. years. It's a slow, Man, steady process. Man, it is, it is a, such a testament of God's uh, glory and sovereignty in my life because I feel like since we started the church and everything, what people know me as is the steady one. Yeah, you're the bulldozer, remember? When in my life, like before Christ and everything, that was never who I was. Right um like i was the kid that believed he would play in the major leagues and nobody could tell me different even Mm -hmm. though i didn't have major league talent right right but i believed it you know like or i'm gonna do this right now and i'm gonna go get i I just always was like i'm just gonna do this thing and go all in regardless of whatever logic anybody would tell me Mm -hmm. but not really think through the long-term implications of those things or well you had no clue what it required Right. But I would go all in to work my tail off for that thing I wanted or a thing I believed yeah, in. Yeah, but if you'd have had like the right coach with the right knowledge.
0: Right. That's why like any vision we want that's in line with God's word, we have the Holy Spirit and His Word to guide right. us in that. Which whereas yeah. you want to be major league like you could have been if you'd have had the right people sure. working. Well, like, okay, I don't you know need to work I, on.
1: I mean, there's some things like you just don't have the physical
0: talents. I don't know. You don't there's not a lot of Physicality goes into baseball. It's all mental, man. Dude, 90 mental. Hand eye coordination? It's 90% mental, 10% physical. That's what yeah. my coach always says. Is right? No. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, my, there's a lot you, of mental. what energy. if you watch the ball like batting practice, like 10 hours a day, like Tiger Woods for, with his cl- for sure. golf clubs? If I had
1: that kind of robotic discipline, I probably could have And right. had a very
0: wise coach sure. that knew what your deficiencies were, how to correct sure. them. Now, that, that may not exist. But that's that would make it possible. What I'm saying is like that's what makes the word so right. powerful in our exactly. lives as Christians. Anytime we have a goal that is Holy Spirit inspired mm. and aligned with God's Word, right. we have the the right. the wise
1: one to teach us. Which in that. was where my point was. Is I'm write a book on that. Once the Holy Spirit did come into my life, and and someone did start to disciple me, it's kind of neat to see how god shaped a lot of that in me god did it through his word and through other means that's not like a natural tendency of mine to think big picture and be consistent right Right. but now it has become something. we never had the tools but now it's something that i that that is like not natural but it's something that i I do as a habit and i do think that way now but it was shaped by god not not because i'm just naturally that way yeah which I say that to give God glory and to encourage anybody listening to this podcast. If you're like, oh, I'm an impulsive person. Like I can't be that. It's not true. That's not true. I'm a living proof of that. Mm-hmm. God can definitely shape that and change that in us.
0: Yeah, I have a similar story, but I'll spare the listeners because nobody cares. <laughs>
1: nobody cares. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we, let's, ca- we care. Let's check just out these melancholy today. I'm not Mel. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Sanguine. What's that? Melancholy, sanguine, caloric. Oh, I don't know. They're That's different a... temperaments of the spirit, man. Whatever. I'm saying. <laughs> you're Mel. <laughs> you're always Mel. I'm Mel. Yeah, you're Eeyore. That's not true. Oh, did you know that Um, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, it's, uh, the show is just like, every character on that show is just a different um, mental, dis- not disorder.
1: Hmm. Like, Like Eeyore's depressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anxiety. Piglet's anxiety. Rabbit is OCD. Yeah, I see that.
0: Pooh is... uh, what is he? I don't know. (laughs) Forget. (laughs) I have a thought, but I'm not saying it. Tigger is ADD. Yeah. I think Tigger is ADD and Pooh is ADHD or one or the other. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Like, are you sure... No, someone just told me that, and I think it lines up, so I believed it.
1: Well, what I'm saying is (laughs) not verified. Did he actually? Did the person creating actually create it for that, or that just happened to end up playing itself out? Like you can see, who knows? You know what I mean? Did the Disney writers who hit all those little
0: messages like was that a plot of Disney, or was that just the individual artist? We don't know these things. I don't know. Anyway, we'll never know. Okay, we truly digress. (laughs) Win (laughs) room. Okay, the first quality we got to look at is discipline. And the first line says, without this essential quality, all other gifts remain as dwarfs. Mm-hmm. So we truly have to ask ourselves, um, where are we lacking in our discipline? So let's hit some of the high points. What does it mean to be disciplined?
1: Well, and uh, uh, this all comes from 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 7. I'm not going to read it all, but my bringing this up, you see where, it's, where where he must manage his own family or his household, um, have the respect of outsiders. Um, we see a lot of areas where this idea of discipline uh, is, is so important and shapes. And he even talks about, you know, in that same passage, to be above reproach, you know, to be tempered, to be self-controlled, to be respectable, to be uh, able to teach, not being a drunkard. All these ideas are not being quarrelsome are all aspects of um, discipline, you know, uh, to to discipline oneself. Um, that's the the key of a of a godly man or someone who's a leader, is that you have to be self disciplined and not need someone else to hold you accountable in terms of like running your life. Right, you can't run something else or manage something else if you're not personally disciplined in managing yourself. Um. Well, here's the greatest help in that is that yeah. it's a fruit of the Spirit. Absolutely. So you know the Holy Spirit inside yeah. of you wants to
0: produce these things inside of you.
1: Yeah, faithfulness and self-control are two fruits of the the Spirit that both really talk about discipline, to be mm-hmm. faithful and to be self-controlled. And then, uh, so yeah, and he says, uh, I, don't know if, I don't think you said this earlier, but lazy and disorganized people never rise to true leadership. Mm. It's like, it seems like a no-duh statement. But I bring this up because I thought it was so good and I underlined it because there's so many people who want to be a leader. We talked about this last week when Paul was on our podcast. People love the romance of leadership, but no one wants to actually put the work into being a leader. Yeah, You don't want to have to be disciplined and have to care about all the little things and take responsibility. I just want to be popular and I want the notoriety and I want the money. Yeah. Right? It's like, well... That doesn't really happen, and so when lazy, disorganized people get put into leadership positionally, they usually end up screwing up the organization. Right. Um, but then a lot of people sit around feeling like a victim, like they never get opportunities. And then when they look at, but when you actually look at their life, it's it's like well, you don't have the tools to even be ready for that opportunity. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it was Julian Edelman just put out a quote that Dickie Lines uh, said that he I told him one time. Oh, I believe <laughs> it. <laughs> but it's basically like the hardest working people seem to be the ones that get lucky yeah it's like which dickie has been saying that he
0: said his dad told him that a long time ago yeah. you only get lucky on the job for sure
1: <laughs> and i that's one of those i feel like there's probably a lot of uh great leaders out there who have had a version of that same story well, because it's true yeah
0: coming up through the SEAL teams are we had a chief that I looked up to He would always say um shoot what did he say I don't know, Something to the effect of luck is when hard work meets opportunity. For sure. You know, like... When we say... Oh, no, he's... You no, know, actually, he would say it's better to be lucky than good, which
1: means absolutely nothing. Yeah, that means but. nothing. <laughs> we, we say it around here all the time, which is not original to any of us because I'm sure somebody else came up with this quote, but if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You know, that's the type yeah. of opportunity. No, we said that a lot. Because the point is you're preparing yourself... To be ready when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. But if you're not ready for an opportunity, it's gonna pass you by. Because if there's an opening happen at a job, like, man, there's there needs to be we need a new managing partner or something like that. Well, if you haven't been like preparing yourself to be ready for that, they're not gonna hire you. Yeah. The opportunity's gonna pass you by. Yeah. What do you think? Um what do you think is the reason most people are lazy? Selfishness. And our sin lends itself to gluttony and I mean, look at all the lists of sins sexual debauchery, gluttony, you know, laziness is on there, all that kind of stuff is self indulgence. Yeah. It's seeking comfort, seeking the things that we want, when we want it, how we want it. Yeah. It's pride. Ultimately it's at the bottom of its pride.
0: Well, and I think maybe in between pride and selfishness mm. is fear. Like I think people yeah, fear's part of it sure. lay in bed. In the mornings, when they're afraid of what they have to wake up to, right? And I think that's a it's testament. It's also
1: self indulgence in that way too,
0: right? Well, they, you know, they want to master what they can master, which is their passions, mm-hmm. you know. So they can, but like it's we talked easy. about this before, if if you got a fishing trip, like a charter paid for, and you got to wake up at four a.m., dude, you are popping up out of bed right. like you are. You are not afraid. How of many the fish? people
1: stand in line at at uh, video stores or whatever for the brand new? playstation to come out they're like they'll camp out yeah you couldn't get them to make it to a job interview to save their lives right but they'll gather all their supplies get all their food together oh they are organized. they're organized they're they'll organize little small armies to stand in those lines for the newest iphone and the newest playstation and the newest game which out. leader tip
0: <laughs> when you see s- things like that in your people that you're trying to foster like mm-hmm. bring that to light in a good way like, dude, I love that you are showing this kind of passion and mm-hmm. discipline in this area. It's great that you right. love that so much. Right. Don't come down on them because like, those are the qualities you
1: want to use right. for something better. Well, and you you could turn that conversation, like you're saying, into what we say all the time is what you believe is what you do. You did that because you wanted something. Yeah, You valued that. You thing. always do what you want. So the inverse is also true. If you're not waking up, spending time with God, doing the things of the Lord, all the just the basic disciplines of of walking with God, you don't love God. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just you only do what you believe, trust, and love. Right. That's all you. That's all we do as humans. So we're always fighting and battling. Our flesh doesn't want to do the things of God. So yeah, are there mornings? when i wake up and i'm battling in my mind to get up and go read my bible of course but what gets me out of bed to go do it cuz i know it's true it's right and i do love god so it's time to get up and go do it yeah if i was just wanting what i wanted then i'm going to make every excuse under the sun for why i need to lay there and sleep for another hour mhm <laughs> you know and i think
0: there's something to be said about we a lot of times we just have a lot put on us that we're not equipped to handle mm-hmm. and we may need to be doing less. Sometimes it's true. We got to cut some things out. The, well, here's an example of where I did this. Like I was trying to do CrossFit every day. And so like serves, you know, four, four to six times a week. And I found that I just kept doing it less and less and less. Yeah. Cause like, I was like, I, Either I'm going to do it all the way or or not all the way. Mm -hmm. So I just quit the gym and I came up with a push-up routine. It's simple. It takes me 10 minutes at my house. And I'm like, I'm going to master this and do it for a year. I'm going to do this every day. I end up doing it five times a week, Mm -hmm. four to five times a week. Um, The point is I'm at least being disciplined. I'm being more disciplined now with less. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to build to that. Because just the way my life was, I couldn't make it to the gym as often as I wanted. in
1: in times past i was able to do that but and a lot of times as a leader you got to you got to deny yourself from things that are even good and even good for you for something better yeah right like i think about this with hobbies all the time marina i have this conversation because she's always on me to like take time to myself and go do something but and and some of that's true i do need to 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 take time to relax right but the reality is if I'm being responsible with the things God has given me now in this season, there's just a lot of those things that have to go by the wayside Yeah. that of course they like, I'd love to do them and they'd probably be good for me to do. Mm -hmm. But the time and the effort to put into them just isn't possible in this season of life because, and this will go into the principle I'm trying to say right here, which is you have to start to assess the priorities of what God's called us to do, right? So I know my priorities in life are first and foremost to love and worship God. Second, because God has given me a wife, is to be a husband, you and lead my home. Third is to be a father and and teach my children the dis and raise them in the instructions and the disciplines of the Lord. Fourth is ministry, right? The things God's called me to do that way. Mm-hmm. And last on the list is anything hobbies, else. Right. <laughs> you know. And there's different seasons when they're they're the seasons of life have have more time. So, like, you were making fun of me the other day, but it's so true, is I miss the days growing up when I would just hunt and fish all the time. It was, like, one of my favorite things to do. I also lived in a place where it was really easy to do. We owned enough land. I didn't have to, like, figure out where to go and what to do. I just did it, right? I miss that. Right now, the reality for me to pull that off is I got to schedule a time, got to find a place to go, it's gonna take it at least a day, if not two, to really do it. Well. Like, mm-hmm. and the reality is, that means I'm taking time away from my wife, my kids. The thing, like, you there's just not it. enough time. And so, it's okay. I've learned to just say to myself, in this season of life, it's okay that I don't get to do that thing. That's not a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's just not okay for me right now. Right. Right. I have other ways. i need to have time to like to rest and relax and i have ways that i can do that like the gym or hanging out with some friends or doing some stuff like that that doesn't take all that effort but you know it's sometimes it's saying no to good things to do and be faithful with better things that god's called us to in certain seasons definitely you know love that
0: all right that's discipline let's move on we can just hit on vision quickly because i think we've talked about that a lot on this podcast already Mm -hmm. um but it says uh maybe like five chapters down from the vision headline eyes that look are common eyes that see are rare Mm -hmm. so just the idea of being able to see what's in people potential Mm -hmm. in people um to be able to see what something can be whether it's a organization or just a dream in your head
1: and then having the conviction to go after that. Mm-hmm. What did you say earlier? You said something before we got on the podcast, like something about the word of God inspires vision, or how would you say that earlier? It was so true, I just can't.
0: Oh, we were on the podcast when I said it. Were we? I think so. I feel like we've been here for a long
1: maybe we. Maybe we were. <laughs> uh, well, I
0: think I was talking about when, like you said you wanted to be a major league player. Like you just didn't have the tools for that. Yeah. But... When we have a vision that is aligned with the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, which mm-hmm. gives us the roadmap and the tool to
1: do that. Yeah, that's a version, but you said it before we even got on the podcast. I forget the little sound but I wish I would have remembered it. Mm-hmm. But it was in, along those same lines. But the point of that is, if you want to have vision, it first starts with understanding God's overall story from the Bible and what He's trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Secondly, when you understand the purpose of our lives and what God's trying to do in the redemptive history of things. Then as you prayerfully look around and see areas that are broken and God's calling you into that's that need aligned with God's will and vision and, and his redemptive story, I believe is what brings about godly vision. Meaning like what brought us here was we realized that the church, like there there was a lack of, healthy churches in the world, especially in America. That's what started in mine and Sam's hearts to even desire to even start to think about planting a church, Mm -hmm. right? What led us here is seeing the particular brokenness in this area, right? What led the inspiration for the vision to start a biblical counseling ministry and what we're doing is seeing the need of a lack of this in the way that God has shown in his word that should be, yeah, right? And so then that's what, spirals of vision
0: what's well, like Caleb and Joshua they went into the promised land to spy mm-hmm. it out and they're the only two out of the twelve that said no we can do this but not because of what they saw like what they saw spoke against that right it's because of God's word because they believed in his
1: promises exactly. like okay we see the land God's saying God has said he's gonna conquer this so therefore we should obey God yeah where everybody else only saw that we're we're not as big and strong as these nations yeah and
0: they were like yeah there's giants but there's the benefits far away and just assuming god's going to do what he says here like we got to go this is a a great land
1: right we know we can't defeat giants but pretty sure god created everything so i'm and he remember we saw in part c and we saw the mountain and so yeah we saw a lot of stuff at this point (laughs) that tells us he could probably take down some giants right you know but it shows how rare
0: that is i mean all 12 of them saw the same things Mm -hmm. they went through the same exodus right and yet only two of them who are resting on god's word and promise right were had the vision had the vision yeah right that's right vision leads to venture and history is on the side of venturesome faith Ooh boy that's good stuff not me that's from sanders all, all right, right next one is wisdom so uh it defines it wisdom is the faculty of making the use of knowledge a combination of discernment judgment sagacity don't know what that word means and similar powers in Scripture, right judgment concerning spiritual and moral truth. Hmm. I'm gonna look up sagacity. <laughs> Have you uh, heard that word before? No. He
1: uses some old words, so it's yeah. okay if you don't. It's know an old, It's an older book. Yeah, it's really old. Yeah, <laughs> this was not, that was not uh, taught in our school system in Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> quality means the uh, or sagacity means the quality of being sagacious. <laughs> Man, I look up sagacious. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Google
0: <laughs> having or showing understanding and the ability to make good judgments
1: a sagacious person, yeah, I love what he says right after that. He says if knowledge is the accumulation of facts and intelligence, the development of reason, then wisdom is heavenly discernment, so knowledge. And with the trust of God's word is where wisdom comes from, right? That God is the one who actually gives us wisdom. We can see facts. We can learn things about our environment, all that kind of stuff. But it's God who tells us why and how and all the things behind it.
0: Okay, so talk us through your brain because you are you are a wise person. You give I hope you are because <laughs> you give a lot of counsel. I never claimed to be. Uh, well, you need to be because you're giving <laughs> advice to people all the time.
1: So, Shooting from the what's going on in your
0: brain? <laughs> like, how do you tune into wisdom? Is there, like, is it like a muscle?
1: Would you describe it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one, w- the good thing is I don't have to be wise. God is already wise. And the Bible tells us in multiple places that if we lack wisdom, James 1, that we ask of God and he gives it to us. Yeah. Proverbs tells us all about wisdom and it says, the fear of the Lord is begin is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom right yeah. like, so that's the reason why it's like it's funny you know for me to always say it's all about worship or all that kind of stuff, but that's not I'm not wise in knowing that that's what the Bible shows us and so to be truly wise is to sit with God, understand his word, know what his word says, and trust his promises and then he's the one that gives us the discernment the Holy Spirit gives us discernment through the lens of Scripture. So when I'm sitting with someone and I'm hearing them talk about stuff, I'm not coming up with my own cool ideas. I'm filtering it through the truth and principles of God's Word, and that's what gives wise advice. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about laziness, you ask me, right? Well, how can I easily talk about that off the top of my head? Well, if you notice, I quoted and looked through Scripture pretty quickly. So you (laughs) like... Look through the catalog of scripture in your head, yeah. and what does this say? Exactly, which means I got to know it and understand it, which means I need to spend time in it and seek the Lord and ask for help in those yeah. ways, right? But if we know... What's well, proverb
0: the Proverbs 3, 5? Lean not on your own understanding. Right. Which, like, but what I've seen, what I've experienced is, is, like, someone's asking you advice, mm-hmm. and you feel the temptation to talk. Yeah. And it takes this like it's like you pump the brakes on yourself right. and you just like go inside yourself and talk to God real quick like like God what should I tell this person? What does your word say? Yeah. And it's that pause that's leaning on God. It's like an act of
1: like I'm going to Well, lean and on you, God. and you just said something even in that statement. You ask yourself questions, right? You say, "Okay. I since I know I don't have wisdom. I know God does." Then I must stop and say, Okay, God, what does your word say? Yeah. Help me understand, help me have knowledge. Every counseling appointment I go into, I pray before I go into it. I pray with the person. I'm praying afterwards. I'm asking God internally while they're talking. Okay, I, I need help here. I need and and with time, you know, some stuff now I like I can see it quickly and automatically, but that's just because of multiple times of seeing the same things and god's word doesn't change so i know what to say there right but it's always with scripture and so if you want wisdom do what james tells you ask god yeah and one of the it's not just ask god in throwing a prayer up in the sky although yes it is meaning pray but james is assuming there when we say ask god that we're looking into his word because god has spoken on a lot of things right so we have to go to the Word, which tells us that it's good for reproof, for correction, for teaching, for training in righteousness. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. So, so then I trust the Word and say, okay, what do you say about this, God? And then God, you know, I don't say that out loud, but in my mind, it's yeah, always what I'm thinking. Exactly. Right? All right. Cool. Well, so that's wisdom, and that's an easy
0: thing to practice. Yeah. Like, you should be in conversations, hopefully spiritual conversations with people yeah. all the time, and so you can start, everyone can get better at this. Christians should be wise. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Because it's- what do we just talk about? It's just getting in a spiritual conversation, pausing, asking God for wisdom,
1: like searching right. your heart for truth in God's word. Or saying, okay, I know the Bible says something about this, but I don't know it off the top of my head. So, therefore, hey, either saying in that moment, I don't really know, but can I get back to you? Or, exactly. hey, can we look at God's word real quick? Right. And let me, like, don't just spout off something because you feel like they need an answer. Right. You know, that's more harmful than good. Mm-hmm. You might be giving someone bad theology, mm-hmm. which can be worse than not giving them an answer at all. Right. So, if you don't know, keep your mouth shut. There you go. There's a proverb about that. Yeah, oh, it, there's. I forget where it is, but it literally says, "You basically look more wise by saying nothing. Yeah, like just keeping your mouth shut. Exactly. <laughs> a fool lets his mouth run. Basically, right? I'm paraphrasing, but uh, it's in there. All right. The next one is
0: decision. So this is uh, decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, when all the facts are in, swift and clear
1: decision is another mark of a true leader. So, what do you think he's saying here? Well, I think he's saying the same thing as wisdom, right? So, when all the facts are in, it starts, right? You don't give an answer before you actually sit and ask questions ask questions and think. But once you have everything, the Bible gives us a lot of clear principles and commands that usually make a lot of decisions pretty easy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's some... And so, a lot of times you are already thinking through a lot of stuff. So, you don't need to take a long time to think about it because you've already been thinking about the direction and everything. Yeah. Now... I will say um, a lot of times all the facts are not in. So You may be assuming too quickly. I wanted to make sure I highlighted when all the facts are in because that's what he's trying to say. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to be... Like, for Moses and Caleb and Joshua, what should have happened is they should have said, no, we're going in and, and just didn't listen to the rest of the spies because they had all the facts facts. and they knew what god said so a a clear quick decision is we're going to obey god right but they didn't and we know how that turned out 40 years and god punished it and we eventually got there right Mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't have all the facts you know and sometimes you're praying through a decision and you need to wait on the lord and take some time you're waiting on the Lord because you don't have all the understanding yet or the mm-hmm. facts. You don't clearly know what God's trying to say to do, and, and there you should slow down, pray, take time to think. You should only make a, a definitive decision when all the facts are in and you know what God's saying to do about it. Right. Right. But a lot of times people also, because of fear and pride, don't make ever make a decision and wait for someone else to make it for them. So to be a leader means you got to make a decision, which then should inspire you and convict you to be about the business of reading, thinking, and praying about what God's putting on your plate yeah. to be able to make a decision. Yeah, he speaks to this in, in the third to last paragraph. The
0: spiritual leader will not procrastinate when faced with a decision. So basically once he gets all the facts, boom, he makes a decision then. Right. Nor will he vacillate after making it. So a sincere but faulty decision is better than weak-willed indecisive overtures. Um, also, to postpone decision is really to decide for the status quo. Mm-hmm. In most decisions, the key element is not so much knowing what to do, but in living with the results. Uh, I love that advice. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> that's
1: how I live my life. Well, you do, a lot of times you do the first part. Though. You don't wait for all the facts. Coming. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I love faulty decisions because I can handle anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, until you can't. No, uh, but I think this is where... God really sets up the church well in terms of a multitude of elders. And so an elder board or elders should make a decision as pastors and elders. But what the beauty of that is, is spend time praying over it, thinking through it, looking at scripture, walking together in it. But then when you make a decision, knowing that it's right, you stick with that, trusting God faithfully through it. I mean, we can. I can point to this with our church moving from the more seeker-sensitive model with child care and going into a family discipleship model where kids are in service and spending more of our efforts and training up parents and all that stuff. It's an unpopular decision in the culture, but we were clear in Scripture what it said, and so we made the decision as elders, and we've stuck with it, and we're going to ride it out, trusting God with it, right? Yeah. Um, if we were to be like, well, we're not sure if this is true. We're not sure if this is right. We're not sure. We're just trying this. Well, guess what? Now everybody's got an opinion and wants to come and like start to poke holes in it. But like, well, why don't we try this? Well, we like this better. We like this better. And no one's sitting back thinking, well, what does God say? Right. The reason why we can say that, make that decision as elders and stick with it is because we know what God says about it. Mm-hmm. So we have to trust His promises with it.
0: Which leads into the next one, which is courage. Leaders require mm. courage of the highest order, always moral, moral courage, and often physical courage as well. Yep, Courage is that quality of mind that enables people to encounter danger or difficulty firmly without fear or discouragement. He talks mm. about Martin Luther a lot and how courageous he was. Yeah, um, Talks about, I think he talks about Caleb and Joshua here. Yeah.
1: Um, well, because that courage takes faith and belief in what God says. The world will always go against what God says. Even within the church, people who are not faithfully walking with God will always want to derail what God says or try to figure out a different way to soften it or do it differently or make it more palatable or whatever, right? They're always going to try to water it down. They're always going to try to manipulate it. I mean, we see this in the early church. We read in Acts you don't see very long until all of a sudden now jewish christians are now trying to require gentiles to follow the law it's like they're always trying to like take hold of control and not just trust god with what he says right and um, so to be a leader within the church and within your family and within life means standing up for what's right even when it's unpopular but standing on the word of god and saying this exactly. is what he says we're going to trust it we're not wavering we're not moving and being okay with people leaving yeah saying like if this is not what you want to do meaning follow the word then we're not the place for you it's okay
0: right yeah our courage comes from
1: uh, explicitly the Word of God and mm-hmm. specifically and primarily right now you can be bullheaded and 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 be stubborn and in your own thoughts and ways and it be unbiblical and then people rightly should leave your leadership because you're not being wise or any of the other things we talked about yeah But if you can show it in the word of God clearly, then you need to stand on that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Next one. Is it the
0: last one? Humility. Humility. You got
1: integrity and sincerity. Right. So
0: humility, we hit this a lot. um, But, uh, you know, Jesus mentioned John the Baptist as being the greatest of all men born from women. And even John the Baptist was known for saying he must increase, but I must decrease. Mm -hmm. So he got the greatest man ever lived and he's, he's known to be one of the most humble men right he, he died you know with his head being chopped off because he mm-hmm. had the moral courage to tell
1: Herod what he was doing wrong he so. was great because he was humble right that's the thing that people need to understand is everything that we've been talking about we've basically said comes from a place of humility if you want wisdom realizing you don't have any and seek God for it if you mm-hmm. want to make a decision seek God for it your it's not about you you're not in control you're not in charge your job is to steward what God has told us and given us and stand firm in what God says and lead that way, right. which takes humility. It means it's not about you. It's not about reinventing the wheel. It's not about putting together some sort of platform where everybody comes to you and seeks you for knowledge and all this kind of stuff. Like It's not about that. It's about just being faithful to do what God says. And if God wants you to have a big platform or a small platform, who cares? It's about daily... Being faithful to the word of God, right, which takes humility. Which, if you
0: do that, you'll you'll typically find yourself leading a lot of people because there is few people doing
1: that, right. So, but usually that shouldn't be your If you are a humble, strong leader, what does a humble, strong leader usually do? It's empower and equip and develop other leaders around them to to have platforms. <laughs> the The weak, insecure leader wants to be the one on top, mm-hmm. and so the people that work for him and everything like their platform's always going to be below His. Where the humble leader doesn't care about whose platform's higher or lower. It's about just doing and executing what God says. So they're happy to have people in the room that are more gifted and talented in certain areas than they are because they just want what's right to happen. They're happy for God to bless a ministry of a person in their leadership because it's, it's God doing it and they're grateful for it. And it's not about, well... I'm the one that actually trained, you know. Right. You see that happen all the time, though, you know. But you should be glad when God is doing a work, you know. So anyway, yeah. it
0: takes humility. All right, last one is integrity and sincerity. He, he couples these together. Um, Paul spoke of his failures and successes with an openness few of us are prepared to copy, which, you know, I just love, like, Paul's past being like the primary persecutor of Christ and the church and then becoming one of the apostle, which one of the apostles, which he says he is the least of them. um, He is open about, you know, he's sincere about his past. He's open to it and he's trusting, you know, God to be glorified Mm -hmm. in that. Um,
1: So yeah, integrity and sincerity. What do you, what do you got? I mean, I think it just, everything builds upon itself. You know, you have to be humble. You have to trust God. You have to. It has to be all about God for you to have integrity because it means honoring God when even no one's looking. Yeah. Sincerity. You can't manufacture sincerity. You either, what you believe is what you do. You're either about it or you're not. You either love people or you don't. And it always shines through. I've always said people have a, I feel like people are born with a good BS meter. You know. Yeah. Two people can say the same thing to you, and you know when one of them is patronizing you and when one is actually sincere. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, we were uh, kind of arguing beforehand about... <laughs> welcome, <laughs> about to, welcome to our world. ...meetings and um, the the pragmatism of leadership when you know, you're know you talking about sending out these video meetings. I was like, oh, that's dumb. You shouldn't do that. You should meet <laughs> with people like Jesus did on the road. And I was being all <laughs> idealistic, and you're being pragmatic. But really, it comes down to... Are you as a leader being sincere in those methods there's nothing right or wrong about right. using social media or sending out a video training rather than right. requiring someone's time the tool is it's a tool It's a tool and is it coming from a sincere heart with a sincere leader right you know and that's the question that should guide when you're when you're you know making a decision for some of these not as explicitly biblical things like should we use social media for an example right It's do we have a sincerity? and an integrity with this. Right. Are we trying to build a name for ourselves? If you are, okay, don't do it. Right. Or are you sincerely just trying to offer value to your people and right. um and the know.
1: why always plays itself out. When people know the why behind it and they know you, then they're going to take it as this is valuable and this is sincere. Yeah. If if you're the type of person that uses other people to build your own platform, it's going to shine through eventually, right? And if it's sincere and people don't buy it, well,
0: then you're you're never going to make them happy. Yeah, you know. So don't worry about it.
1: your your goal. Hate, uh, I hate what I was talking about earlier was just like, okay, my job is to shepherd and guide our sheep faithfully um, that God has given us in our church. If we're shepherds as elders, and you know that parable or that um, parallel that, that God uses a metaphor, parallely, metaphor, simile, one of those two. You give me analogy, analogy. We'll use that analogy. Object um, lesson. Object lesson. So only thing I'm ever thinking of is how can I be more effective or most effective to shepherd well? Yeah. And I'm going to do that. My, my want or default is to spend time, right? I want to do that as much as possible. Reality is, as we talked about, there's limited time in the day and not just for me but for the people I'm trying to shepherd too. So it's really difficult to be able to spend that type of quality time with everyone that that I would love to. Yeah. So using these other tools allows allows me to to be effective in their lives, but it doesn't mean I always get a chance to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. Right. But I try to do that as much as I possibly can. You know, it's better to do it a little bit with sincerity than not to do it at all. Right. Because going back to that whole feeling like you're biting off more than you can chew, you know, it's like, well, if I can't get the t- type of time that I want, then I'm not going to do anything. That's like the other mentality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's not right either. It's better to do a little bit uh, as w- as effective as possible than to do nothing, you know. Yeah. And then it's always about raising up more leaders. You know, when there's a need for more leaders, it's trying to raise up more that can spend that kind of time you know we talked about it in our elder meeting last time is hey listen it's as we grow as a church it's important that we continue to raise up and disciple more people to become elders because it only makes sense for us to shepherd people and guide people well we need more elders to shepherd more people Mm -hmm. because you can only you can only effectively really shepherd like 20 or 30 people that really know them, know their life, you know, really be in it. Yeah. And so as God allows us to have more members then we need more elders to shepherd those members, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you're always driving towards that, but then you also have what you have at the time. And God can still use it and be glorified in it. You know, sometimes we don't, you, but you can't put someone in an eldership who's not ready for it. So we can't just do, we can't just pragmatically be like, well, we need more elders, so let's just throw them on the board. Right. Well, now you got a bigger problem, you know? So it's just about each day trying to think through, how can I be faithful with what God's given? And that was the point I was trying to make with all that is sometimes God allows you to use other means and other tools to be more effective, you know? Yeah. That's good. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. Um,
0: I would leave you with the question of, out of these eight qualities, discipline, vision, wisdom decision courage humility integrity and sincerity which one needs the most attention in your life right now and why sounds good all right guys thanks for listening all right later Thank you for listening to the Change Up Podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays, and you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.